Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. I had to be honest with myself. Here I am, a therapist. People are coming to me for answers. People are coming to me for perspective. Then I I need to definitely lead by example, not have it perfectly down, you know, because I'm going to be a work in progress for the rest of my life, but just I need to know what the hell fulfills me. I need to make sure that in my marriage, it's not going to be perfect, but I'm actually doing what I'm recommending my clients to do. I'm being vulnerable. I'm being open. I'm being honest. I'm, I'm exposed. Hey girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Thanks, Veronica, for letting me take over your podcast this today. <laughs> I'm really put on the spot here, but I think I'm going to go ahead and enjoy this moment because I don't like hearing the sound of my voice. <laughs> um, so I am here, this is San Juana Signs, and I am actually one of your students from your course, uh, Reignite Your Marriage. And you've asked me plenty of questions, and now it's just time for me to like ask you questions too, um, just so I can get a little bit more about where Veronica is coming from, why does she want to do this, where is uh, Veronica when she says this, and when she tries to give us all this information, like, why Why is this so important? So I, just in having conversations with you, I know that um, you are super talented and you know what you're doing, so I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself, <laughs> and then we'll get started with my questions. <laughs> okay, why am I all of a sudden nervous now? <laughs> Oh my gosh, she's gonna, she's gonna get me. Um, hello, my name is Veronica Cisneros. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am an owner of a group practice here in Temecula, California, and I am also the owner and founder of Empowered and Unapologetic. And I'm a mother of three three girls: lizard legs, porcupine, and monkey feet. Um, nineteen. Oh my gosh, she's nineteen. Nineteen, fourteen, and ten. And I've been married for 22 going on 23. Is it 23 or is it 22? Oh my gosh, Willie's going to kill me. I think it's 22 years. I think I'm going on 22 years. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is 22 years. It's plus one. 20. Yeah, maybe. 22 years. Maybe, maybe. 20 plus. 20, 20 plus. plus 20 plus years um, to Willie, who is a retired Marine and... Um, yeah, I was going to finish with who I think is the sexiest man alive. I don't know why that's needed. Maybe it's because I'm nervous, um, but I'm going to add that in. <laughs> so that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. I So one of the things that I'm always thinking about when I am jumping into this like full-on 
crazy wife mode that mm-hmm. I want to be in yeah. because it's hot because I'm uh, frustrated because my husband looked at me kind of weird. And I think about, well, what did, what did I learn already? And where do I need to go with this? And it's interesting to, to me that this transition has taken um, a few weeks. It, was, it took a few weeks to kind of get on board and, and understand myself a little bit better. And then it's been three months since your course or two, two and a half. And I'm still learning. It's, it's a practice. It, it keeps going. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sitting here and I was wondering, well, why is it that it's so important for Veronica to get women to, to feel like this? What, what is it about where she's at right now? What happened? What's going on to where she's encouraging women to feel empowered and and be unapologetic about it, which it pisses my husband off when I know. <laughs> when I, know. I, see, I see the looks. I see the looks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but what what is it that you want to relate? Because for me, five months ago, and even when when I early on met you five months ago, the word empowered wasn't even in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I was like, oh yes, you know, I'm so unempowered right now, or I'm so, you know, this is my goal. Uh, yeah, my goals, right? Where, where did that come from? What is it about women that you want to help them get to? You know, my usual answer when I am asked that question is, you know, from being here, working as a therapist and listening to women say the same thing over and over and me finding myself in their stories, like totally finding myself, maybe not in every single one of their stories, but for the most part, like the main issue feeling as if I didn't have a voice, feeling as if I didn't have a choice, feeling as if my life had to revolve around me being a wife, a mom. And that was my identity. And it wasn't until I started listening to women say these things, you know, and feeling so depressed, feeling so defeated, feeling so unseen, unseen. And it was like, well, we have to do something about it. But that would be an answer I give everybody. And not that it's not true. It's totally true. But when you asked that, when you asked it earlier, I really thought about it. And, you know, why, Veronica, why are you doing this? You know, and you even mentioned, you know, sometimes even, you know, for free, what the hell is this? Why are you so passionate about doing this? And the reality is, is I needed that for my mom. And, and I started like, when you were asking me that question initially, like I even mentioned to you, I admitted, like I started getting teary, like some I started getting sadder. I started getting, I felt tears coming on and I needed somebody to show my mom how to do that. And for the longest time, for the longest time, I tried to be that person for her. Like when I was nine, when I was 10, when I was 14, when I was 18, when I was 20, I try to be that person for her. And I try to embody, I didn't know empowered, you know, I I didn't even know what the hell that was. Um, It wasn't until I became a therapist that I truly understood uh, the meaning of that, my meaning of it. But I remember kind of watching my mom just compromise herself over and over again. And again, I didn't even know what the hell compromise was. I thought that this is just the way life is. Like, you're supposed to adhere to whatever the men want. And, you know, if your husband cheats on you, well, that's your freaking fault for not, you know, not being the perfect wife, maybe not cooking, maybe not getting yourself ready, you know, maybe because you were nagging him too much. That's how I grew up. I grew up with that mentality. You don't nag your husband because he'll cheat. You know, if you have a good man, you better keep him. And in order to keep them, you have to make sure you're on point across the board. Your kids look good. Your house is cleaned. Your husband is fed and his needs are met. And so I seen the extreme of that with my mom and dad's relationship. And I remember wanting so desperately for somebody to help my mom because I knew she needed help. I knew she needed I knew she needed some form of guidance and it was almost as if I wanted somebody to tell her she has permission to leave. She has permission to 
own her life because I knew she wasn't happy, you know, and she wasn't happy because her life revolved around us. Her life revolved around my dad and that was her life. And don't get me wrong. I get being a mom is, you know, important and being a wife is important. And it's a, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I love that I'm a wife. I love that I'm a mother, but it is so unhealthy when that is your sole identity. And I watched that play out. So that's why I'm passionate because I, I couldn't be that person for my mom, no matter how hard I tried. And so I wanted to be that. I wanted to help other women and I became a therapist. But what I realized is no matter how much I wanted to be that for other women, I had to truly be that for myself. And that's where the work started. Thanks a lot, Samana. You know you're making me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, (laughs) once in a lifetime opportunity. (laughs) Um, No, honestly, I I hear you because culturally we're stuck in this cycle. Yep. Socioeconomically, we're stuck in this cycle. Hell to the yes. And that's what our children are seeing. And then we see our parents and then we go and model that same Mm-hmm. same exact behavior when we don't have to culturally we're more american than mexican right culture socioeconomically we're so much better off than what our parents were yeah and yet we're still following that same cycle mm-hmm. why why does a 40 year old woman with three kids and a husband that obviously is also hispanic in the sense why do we still feel like that is that is the role that we need to play yeah That's a great question. Um, Think about how you want other people to perceive you. Think about the importance of how people perceive you. Think about the importance of keeping a clean home. Think about the importance of everybody believing that you have maybe not the perfect relationship, but a husband who loves you, kids who obey you and are well-disciplined. Think about the importance of when somebody comes over and your house is a mess and how you quickly run to apologize or even come up with an excuse, right? Like, think about that. We've been taught, we've been conditioned to believe that that is our sole purpose. We've been conditioned to believe that our identity is wrapped around our to-do list. Our identity is wrapped around our family and how hard we work on providing them with this somewhat perfect life. I can remember my grandma, you know, every single time I would go to my dad's mom's house, I absolutely love her. Um, she ended up passing away last year, but I remember whenever I would go to my grandmother's house, every single time I would go, I'd sit down, have a conversation with my grandmother and Willie would tend to the kids uh, because it was my time with my grandma and she would look at me and she's like, Miha. Yeah, you know, tratalo bien. Make sure you're treating him right. And I'm like, Grandma, he's fine. And she would then like look at me, roll her eyes, and then she would look at Willie. Didn't speak any English, but somehow she was able to manage to get out this question in English. Willie, are you hungry? And it's like, Grandma, stop playing. Like, what are you doing? But it was that. It was the the amount of shame I would receive if I wasn't treating my husband right. The amount of shame I received when my marriage was failing. Hmm. Like that, that's exactly what we're attempting to avoid. We're attempting to avoid feeling exposed. People seeing that we don't have it all together, that we have all of these spinning plates, but yet there's 50 of them that are broken. We don't want them to see the broken ones. Hmm. So in this proving myself to other mothers and proving myself to other wives and to my own family, proving to myself that I am a good mom. Um, you're saying that that perfectionism, that perfectionism has been leading to that disconnect that we're experiencing as this, you know, husband and wife, uh, as a mother to her children, because we're trying to keep everything perfect and seemingly in order. Yeah. We're more disconnected than ever. Bingo. I mean, even, even for, let's say for you, San Juana, you know, prior, prior, um, to taking the course, 
you know, you and I would have conversations and, you know, I remember, you know, asking you certain questions and, um, and providing you with resources or information. What do you think it was for you? You know, that it was so, it was so conditioned or it was so drilled in your head that this is what the life needs to look like. That's all I knew. It's all I knew. And uh, I've never seen anything different. Um, and culturally, yeah, you're right. There was a lot of shaming with, uh, for example, I have a sister-in-law and she's not Mexican. And so there was a lot of conversations, you know, in the behind her back. And I would listen to them and I'm like, wow, but that just seems like she's completely normal in her world and her husband I mean if he's happy she's happy then they're fine right but it was it was it's it's still a, a topic that they discussed and it wasn't until recently actually until after your course that I understood her mm-hmm. that I understood that it wasn't she wasn't trying to fit in because she's not going to fit in because they are not allowing her anyway you know yeah so what I was seeing is just the same old same old Yep. My sister falls in the same pattern. My sister-in-laws are a little bit different, obviously, but because my mother didn't raise them, she just, she didn't show them, but their mother showed them differently. And yeah. so even now you sometimes run into people that are not doing the things that you would do. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you want to go into that judging mode, like, Oh, you know, look at their kid or look at their, <laughs> look at their house. Yeah. Or, because that's automatic in you. Yep. I, and I don't yeah. know why, you know, I do it. And then I'm like, no, this is not my issue. And mm-hmm. I back away. And honestly, I've had the best conversations since, since your course. Yeah. Since I've been away from that previous San Juana that's like super everything in order. And my brother is, you know, hold them to the highest standard. And my brother-in-law, pobrecito, you know, that yeah. kind of attitude. Yeah. I've been like, you know what? they don't have the stress that I have because they don't have to worry about, you know, all the things that I now have to unlearn Mm -hmm. as a grown woman. Yep. So, yeah. And I find that, you know, with different cultures or with all cultures, you know, um, and ethnicities, it, there's still this underlying running rule that you if you do not have a well-kept family, that there's something wrong with you. There's automatically something wrong with the wife. That's the first person we look at. You know, what do you mean your kids haven't ate breakfast? Or what do you mean your kids ate cereal for breakfast? You know, I seen it whenever I would volunteer at Brooklyn School, you know, and we'd all sit there at the lunch table whenever, you know, other women would um, volunteer. And right away, you know, and I'm, I was guilty of it myself. You know, um, but right away we'd look at what other kids had packed for lunch and how they had them packed. I'm not going to lie. I was so jealous when like other kids like had like everything cut up and it's like, oh my God, I wish your mom was my mom. (laughs) My mom sucks today. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Brooklyn. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like we do, we do do that. And not once did, did I ever ask, damn, his dad you know, his dad or his, her dad packed a sucky meal. Like it went straight to mom. It went straight to critiquing mom. It went straight to judging her, you know, or complimenting her. But I have no idea if it was the mom or the dad, you know, to be quite frankly on her surface is grandma. But yeah, it's, it's that judgment that we're attempting to avoid. Yeah. So when, when you asked me once, and we were having this conversation about things that I do because I just end up picking up the loose ends in my house. You know, I, I asked for help and it doesn't come. And then I'm, I resolved to do it. Right. Yeah. Even though he said I've got it, or if it's just expected for him to get it, it was a miscommunication or it was just a lack of initiative. I don't know what it was coming to you and just in, in understanding what was that happened? I was so upset. I think if I go back to the story, it was like, I was going to go over to your house and, and talk with you. Mm-hmm. And then I have a two-year-old and it was ready for lunch. He was ready for lunch. And I was coming to your house with my two-year-old with his lunch. 
And then my husband has absolutely nothing to do. So mm-hmm. I say, here, you can feed him lunch and I'm just going to go and chat with Veronica. And automatically he's like, so you want me to give him lunch? I'm like, yeah. Can you, you got it? And I remember your, your husband was out there and, um, and I didn't even bother to look in that direction, but he could see that I was upset. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'll get it. He hadn't, my husband hadn't said no. He hadn't said, like, give me a second. No, he just, he just like, and you want me to feed him? That, that was it. And I just picked up the toddler and I walked up the stairs and I'm like, Veronica, upstairs and start, ran upstairs with you. And I was feeding my toddler lunch and he was like dropping all your stuff all over the place. And then you asked me one very important question that stuck with me even to today. It's like, who are you trying to prove yourself? To prove to? Mm-hmm. Who are you trying to prove yourself to? And that's when I was like bawling because I was like, what? Like, I, to me, like nobody's judging me. Nobody's telling me that I'm a terrible mother. Nobody's telling me that I have an uncleanly house or my kids are crazy. Like nobody's telling me anything. And I'm the one that's like got this expectation of where I need to be as, as a person, mm-hmm. as a mom, as mm-hmm. an individual. And not even my husband. Like he, he never said like, you feed him. Or yeah. it's not my job. No, yeah. He never said anything. He just said, oh, you want me to get it. And all of a sudden, I made this story up in my head. This guy does not want to help. Yep. He doesn't want yep. me to have friends. Yep. He doesn't want me to, you yep. know, talk with anyone else. Now he's jealous of the time that I spend with my friend. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the story just started building up until I exploded. And, and, and when you asked me that question, I realized. It wasn't him. It wasn't the toddler that I was frustrated at. It wasn't the fact that we were in this situation. It was just me trying to live up to this expectation of I I need to be the best at everything at all times. And it's hard and I'm not going to show it and I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to push right through yeah. it, even, you know, whatever the cost. And yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. I've learned to mitigate like that issue with myself because I love control mm-hmm. I do I still play with it once in a while <laughs> but, <laughs> but for the most part I mean that's my that was my biggest issue the control yeah did you even know it was control oh I knew it was control Veronica because I you know I I had like snack breaks and lunch times and everything was running on a schedule like clockwork now, if they want to sit down at 12, they can. But if they want to sit down at 1230, the food is cold. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. That's yep. absolutely okay. But not everybody has to be on the same routine. Yeah. And I, and I needed to be okay with letting go of everybody's schedule. How did you get there where that's what you wanted to do? Like, how did you get to a place where it's... Because if you're having everything on a schedule, if you're having everything timed and everything fits this day-to-day you know, routine... What girl, why would you want to get rid of that? I wouldn't want to get rid of it. I honestly wouldn't because it made sense to me. However, it wasn't working for the rest of the family. So I needed to mm. let go of that. And it wasn't as important as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Arguing back and forth and getting the kids ready and going downstairs and eating breakfast at a certain time and then going for this. And so where do you, where do you find that, that balance except just demonstrating and practicing this, you know, healthy conversation, a healthy communication with your husband, like in order for you to model this for your children, like to bring you back to, to neutral, you yeah. know, sometimes we're like going crazy left or crazy, right. But what, where do you find that, that Zen? Yeah. So how do we find that Zen? We take notice to what's going on in our house. We take notice to how we're feeling. We take notice to if, if, we're actually experiencing joy and we feel fulfilled with our lives, you know? And I had, I had to personally like really look at it and look at my life and find out what fulfilled me and what didn't. And I had to be honest with myself. Here I am a therapist. People are coming to me for answers. People are coming to me for perspective and to provide them with all of this insight. Then I, I need to definitely lead by example, not have it perfectly down, you know, cause I'm going to be a work in progress for the rest of my life, but just, I need to know what the hell fulfills me. 
I need to know, I need to make sure that in my marriage, it's not going to be perfect, but I'm actually doing what I'm recommending my clients to do. I'm being vulnerable. I'm being open. I'm being honest. I'm, I'm exposed as a mom. Same thing. I am flawed. I love them. I'm intentional, you know, and I don't get it right all the time, but I'm aware of that. And in order for us to get there to that place of Zen, the hardest part is looking at your life and asking yourself some really hard questions. Seeking help's the easy part, but actually looking at it, like looking at it and, and seeing it and being honest, hell to the yeah, realizing, yeah, change needs to be made. I guess that that's where I would go with you too. Like what was it for you to even take the course for you to even, I mean, I know, you know, I'm a therapist, but what was it about me or what was it about the course or what was it about your life that you made the decision to go ahead and seek change? Well, there were several things. I feel like, um, it was, it was multifactorial. It, it had to do with obviously me knowing you as a person. Mm-hmm. I felt comfortable. I knew what you were talking about. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then I would put it to practice. I took the webinar. I think it was the first webinar that you had offered. And oh yeah, the master class. Mm-hmm. The master class. And mm-hmm. I went with that. I applied it and I was like lighting fires and putting out fires. <laughs> <laughs> so I but I did that that's it, you know, it's just a tidbit of information, but you don't know how much more you can go into it. Yeah. Ladies, it's time for a masterclass, and I want to personally invite you. This is a free class, and I'm offering it live on three different days to accommodate everyone's schedule. I just don't want anyone to miss out on this amazing offer. I see a lot of women get stuck in this loophole of attempting to be everything to everyone and spin all of these plates. Most of them are left feeling resentful, overwhelmed, and frustrated. They know they want something better, but they just don't know how to get it or even what it is. So I'm hosting a masterclass for women just like you. In this masterclass, you'll learn how to balance your own needs and family responsibilities without the guilt, how to shift your mindset so you're not so reactive, and how to check in and connect with your husband. If you're ready for change, then join me in my masterclass where I teach you how to increase connection and conversations with your husband. Go to www.empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash masterclass. Looking forward to seeing you there. So then just, just getting to know you, really applying those techniques. And then when this course became available, I was like, well, you know, that's not a course for me because it's, I'm, you know, we're not looking for divorce or anything. Yeah, we don't yeah. need therapy. We're yeah. just, we're fine. We just have these cycles of like, gosh, is it me? Is it you? What's going on? Mm-hmm. We're not understanding each other. It's like, when you, when you run into somebody in an elevator and you just tap them on the shoulder and then it could be something like, excuse me, or gosh, what the hell is your problem? You know, you know <laughs> I love that example. So it's like, that's what was happening. You, you don't even know how you were going to encounter mm-hmm. what you were going to encounter when he got out of work or when you were done cooking or when you would wake up in the morning, like sometimes we wouldn't have a good night's rest and that was mm-hmm. enough for us to, you know, have our cup over, you know, over, mm-hmm. over spill, like spill over mm-hmm. because it was just, we didn't, we never said good morning. It was just, so it was sort of like getting to know him because I didn't, I didn't realize that we had changed so much. Yeah. And that's with our responsibilities, you know, with the kids, with our responsibilities to, to work with our moves, yeah. uh, all the different people that we've encountered, how they've affected and impact our lives, mm-hmm. um, just new responsibilities, not necessarily with just their house, our household and our kids, but you know, the PTA or, uh, a new employee he got and it's just like it it's it was radical how much we had not communicated in the last maybe I don't know 10 years that 
where we don't even know each other. Like it was just going through the motions because this is a marriage and it's going to happen and you're going to have fights and it's okay to, to yesterday or to the day before yesterday where we had one of those miscommunications. Um, he was supposed to watch the kids on Tuesday afternoon so I can go to a meeting at 6 p.m. And usually I'm not out at 6 p.m. I'm like, we're all having dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and he forgot. And I was, you know, and, and I was there at the, at the, at the fields and he's like, so are you going to take the kids? And I'm like, I can, but I thought we talked about this. He's like, I didn't put it on my schedule. So I don't, I didn't know. And right then and there, he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll keep them. He got a call from the other coach for my older son. We're running late. Can you take over? And I overheard and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Take over. I I'll take the kids. Well, long story, it's just a very long story, but to make it less long, <laughs> <laughs> he ended up taking over practice. I ended up taking the two younger ones, which is a six-year-old and a two-year-old, to a meeting full of men. Like mm -hmm. Maybe there was two other women, full of men with no other kids, no other toddler. I felt totally out of place, mm -hmm. but... I was waiting for them to get to the information that I need to get to. And then I could just walk out, you know? Yeah. And they never, they never got to it. And the kids <laughs> were getting more and more riled up. Even after all the cheese and pizza bread that I had stuffed in their mouth, <laughs> they were just getting riled up because they're exhausted. And we finally, I, you know what? I got enough information to where I can feel like a confident person out there on the field. I was like, I'm just going to take off. And so yeah. I walked outside and I picked up my hats for the team. And then I came home and I was just really thinking, like, what could I have done to make this better? Mm -hmm. What could I have done differently? Could I have just left the kids and he just figure it out? Could I have just uh, maybe called a babysitter last minute and have, I'm like, no, it, was, it wasn't that important of a meeting. You know, it, it was a show, Veronica. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I don't think I gathered <laughs> any information because one wanted water, one, you know, wanted a key and the other one was throwing stuff. I mean, it was just a mess, but I didn't care what I looked like. That was a big deal. I wasn't mm -hmm. embarrassed from what I came out looking like. Yeah. It good. wasn't even the meeting that was a problem. I wanted to know what the heck happened to where my husband didn't remember that he had this commitment to me yeah. for the kids. Yeah. And so he gets home, maybe an hour later, we're done with dinner here, our fourth dinner of the day, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and I'm thinking and thinking and thinking, and he caught on. Yeah. He saw that I was like in deep thought. And I, you know, I was like really not upset at him or upset at the fact that the meeting was a total bust. And then he got on the phone and he was talking to the other coaches about what they did. And I was just kind of waiting. I'm like, well, should I even approach it? Should I even just talk about it? Because it's not that big of a deal, right? Because yeah. I mean, we're here, right? Is it a fire? Yeah. And I said, it's not a big fire, but it will turn into a big fire. So I need to address it. Mm -hmm. So at night when the kids were, were down, because he did want to pick at it while the kids were still awake. And I'm like, look, we're not having this conversation right now because I my mind is over here and I don't want to say something that's oh not my god cool. I'm so proud of you <laughs> I know I was like oh my god I just want to like <laughs> run out of here yeah but so I put the kids down and then I went to I went I came downstairs I was washing dishes because I didn't I wasn't ready to make that conversation good. happen yet good and then I finally he came downstairs because he knew yeah something was up and yeah. he said why are you so pensive and I said you know I'm just thinking about today. He goes, what did they tell you at this meeting? Like, I'm mm -hmm. like, I honestly don't know because I didn't pick up anything. One kid wanted something. The other one was doing something else. Both of them were talking to me at the same time. I was confused. They were, I, I felt like people were just listening and ignoring me, but then our kids started to cough. He was choking and, you know, with COVID, like, <laughs> oh my God, like, don't don't I ran out of there. I'm like, I ran out of there. At the end of the day, it made sense for us not to blow up at each other and like, you didn't do this and I didn't yeah. do that, you know, it, and just getting to the point where he had had a very bad day at work. Yeah. He needed to just go and get a distraction. I had 
not a bad day. I actually had a pretty good day. But and then I go out and play with the kids. And it was just this one meeting. I was like, I can put up with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously they can't be that bad, right? Yeah. They have pizza in their mouth. Oh no, they were bad. But it just it was a different outcome because I followed those steps that you covered and saying earlier say I guess saying later on it's not that big of a deal and then when opposed to like early on when you when your emotions are high saying okay let me temper like taper this down a little bit like what is really going on and getting to know where he's coming from from before I blow up and then find out where he was coming from that day bingo like three four days later you said it perfectly too. We build so many stories in our head that cause this divide and we don't even realize we're doing it. We, you know, oh, no, I know him. I know that his intent was to go ahead and blow off whatever I had scheduled. I know his intent was that, you know, I would just take the kids. He was going to give me the kids anyway. And he did this shit on purpose, you know, and I, he, he does suck as a dad, you know, and all of these things we made, made it so big. And that divide, that divide is huge. A good amount of us think that, okay, so there's a divide. So what? Because tomorrow we'll be fine. But the reality is, guess who comes in my office for couples therapy when it's almost too late? Sometimes it's like, holy shit, I'm going to have to work a miracle here. But those exact same people that had said, oh, we'll brush it under the rug. Well, it's not that bad all the time. It's only that bad sometimes. And that's why I ended up developing the course in the first place is because there was so many people with the same issues and it's like, huh, with all of the years that I've been practicing therapy, with all of the years that I've listened and heard people's issues, there's a saying, there's a similar pattern going on. We have trouble with connecting and I'm losing myself in the marriage. I'm losing myself altogether as a mom. And so how do you reclaim your identity? How do you reignite your marriage by doing this work? When it's not so bad, when you don't need therapy, do in and out. When it's do or die. <laughs> Hell, yeah, right. Yeah, don't. Uh-uh, now uh-uh, you've already passed it. You've already passed. Don't even try to take the course. Now you got to come in and pay for therapy, which I'm going to tell you right now is very expensive. But like that, that's what ultimately happens. And so how are you different now? Like how are you feeling now about your marriage? Like what does it look like? Now, after you've taken the course, I, I, I went from a place to where I didn't know if we were going to be together. You know, I, I went from a place where even thinking of divorce was an option because to me, it's like this, I cannot be what five years from now, I'm going to be 45 and this cannot be what a 45 year old woman or even a 40 year old woman should feel like Yeah, in her marriage. Like she's got nowhere to go, nowhere to run. I've got no life. It's all about the kids. It's all about my husband and keeping everybody happy to where now it's like, I am still the primary caregiver of my kids. You know, I yeah. am still a, a wife. However, that pressure of, being on top of everything. Uh, The kids, you know, their attitude is going to affect my attitude. No, it's backwards. My attitude affects theirs. And if they get snappy with me, I know how to take that emotion and say, okay, well, what's going on? Yeah. There's something going on. You've had a rough day at work or you didn't get a good night's sleep or you're feeling sick. I I don't attribute it to them being just brats, you know? Yeah. I don't attribute my husband to like being that same person that was coming out of the office before because he doesn't have a commute. So he just comes out of the office and it's like family life, right? Yeah. I I see his perspective now as opposed to before. I'm like, here's a baby, you know, like <laughs> peace out. <laughs> I'm going to rock. I don't even throw the baby at him. The baby's just kind of like waiting <laughs> at the door and he's just like waiting at the glass French door. Like, like dad, come out. <laughs> but at five, five thirty, like he comes out and yeah, there's life going on here. Yeah. Kids are playing. The, the baby's like hollering for some reason or throwing a ball at the painting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm making dinner. I mean, we're still the same family. Yeah. However, we solve 
the issue as opposed to just brushing it under the rug or leading to punishment or nagging at each other or say, now it's your turn. You've been in that office all yeah. day, you know? Um, and he doesn't come out saying, what have you done today? <laughs> yeah. He knows that that kid is work. Yeah. He doesn't even say that anymore. Why? Because I've allowed him to be the way he wants to be with our children. Yeah. When before it was like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. Honey. No, no, no. That's not the way he likes to talk. Bingo. No, 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 honey. That's, uh, that's not how you give him his juice. And yeah, you know, nice whatever the juice. Yeah. That's not, that's not working out. Pancakes are a little bit toasty. No, you know, yeah. so that's actually my fault, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but he, you know what, if he gives them the juice incorrectly and it spills, and he just looks at me, he goes, that's not the right cup, right? I was like, well, I don't know. The kid spills everything, you know, and just kind of, we're, we're learning together. Beautiful. And it's okay because he'll help with cleanup and as opposed to like, oh my God, get out of the way. I told you that wasn't the cup and I'll clean it up and blah, blah, blah. You know, it was like, he's like, oh, more involved. So that's another thing. Just be letting him be the dad that he wants to be. Yeah. And yeah. I've said it multiple times to the kids too. Like we could say, mom, dad won't let me. That's your yeah. dad, you know, yeah. talk to dad. Um, and so he's gotten better too. He's not like, Oh, mom's on the bad mood. Like, let's get yeah. out of here. You know, he, he's like, Oh, what mom's mom screaming at you guys like to go and clean up. You guys better stand up and go clean up because she's so what when I could hear him. Yeah. He's got my back. Yeah. Um, so that's a big change too. And before I was like, Mom, mom's hollering, like we better pretend to do something, but they weren't really like doing anything. <laughs> they were just like looking at each other and going, running into walls. And, but now I'm like, hey, did you guys like brush your teeth? I'm like, oh, guys, come on, let's go brush yeah. your teeth. You haven't done that. And by an odd chance, one of them says, yes, I did. He'll inspect, you know? Yeah. And before it was like, oh, okay, you did. So that's changed as well. And then just our, our intimacy has changed because we don't feel like we're constantly nagging at each other because something went aloof, you know? Yeah. The way he communicates this issues that he's having at work when before he wouldn't share them. Now he's open to saying that, you know, it's, it's been rough or he's yeah. dealing with X, Y, Z. And, you know, obviously I don't, I don't know if I ever told him before, like, Oh, today was a rough day, you know, at the house here. Yeah. But, now I tell him like, oh, we got Benjamin who's teething again, you know, or uh, this one, he's hollering like crazy. Like, I don't know what's going on with him because he, I don't know, he's six. He he, needs, yeah. he has a lot of energy. Uh, or the 10 year old, he's very sensitive, you know, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> deal with that. Like he, he just needs to toughen up a little bit or something. I don't know. Talk to him. So just having that conversation as opposed to just, hey, yeah all good all good and just kind of keep going uh we do more date nights which is not really a date night we just put the kids early and we you know kind of hang out on ourselves by ourselves um and just having a conversation about yeah. not the kids yeah not married life just having a conversation about i don't know what's veronica doing this weekend <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. but it's, it's it's a communication it's open and Aww. I don't feel like I'm poking a bear now that I, when I bring up an issue, I feel like, you know what, you should know this. And I know how to set it out there. So Juana, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so Thank proud you. of you. Yeah. I, it, it was a big change. And I think halfway through the program, we had a, um, a discussion about how this empowered and apologetic self was not going to yeah. work out. Yeah. And like you, I, I saw my mother not having her voice and not having a say. And not that I wanted to be different. I love my mother. She's just, she's everything I want to yep. be as far as nurturing and loving and yeah. caring. However, she, she stayed because of us. Yep. Yep. And, and she never complained about it. And still to the day, she never complains about it. Yeah. Um, and so seeing that, knowing what that looked like in the future, yeah. I didn't want that for me. And I, and I told him, I said, if this, if this course is that challenging that you can't accept what's coming, 
then maybe I'll just be my mother's daughter and not have a, a say so and just go on my busy day cleaning and taking care of kids and um, not caring for myself and just do what you feel like I should be doing to make you guys happy and not myself. And if there is no room for growth for me, just know that I am not my mother though. And this will not last very long. Yeah. And I, you know, that was one thing that just set them off. They're like, Oh my goodness. Like I didn't realize that it was for your growth. I just yeah. thought you wanted to change. It was you first. You're the priority. You're, you know, you're going to be saying what you want and what you want to do and the hell with everybody else. Yeah. And that when we communicated what this course was really about and he understood, sure. He poked at me every once in a while. He still does like, Oh, you feeling empowered today? Yeah. Whatever. But um, I'm well aware that he knows why it is that I took the course. Yeah. And he's well aware that had I not taken the course and not gone through that growth and change that our marriage had a, an expiration date. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much for coming on and making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I, I wish I'd asked you more questions about you because <laughs> no, this was like... <laughs> good. This was good. Well, obviously we'll have time to do this again, but this was awesome. I'm, I'm glad I'm, it was obviously unscripted and like just, we just went with it and I'm glad we did this. I'm really glad we did this. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addictive Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addictive Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictivemind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. 
I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.